The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Welcome, welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now live on Highland Radio or back via the podcast. What a show we have in store for you this evening. Another packed hours GA from the Northwest here. Coming up shortly, we're going to hear from ladies manager Maxi Kern after a side sensational victory against the odds in the Ulster Championship, defeating Armagh at the weekend. Coming up shortly after him, we'll hear from the Vora chairman, John uh, Colum Gillespie as his club prepare for the Old Ireland Guilty Championships next weekend. Uh, top pundit Colin Parkinson will also be on the line to give us his take on the GA season so far. And completing the lineup, we will speak with Gaelic Life's Michael McMullen. Uh, the Dairyman's going to give us a lowdown on Derry, of course, Derry Monaghan, and where are Armagh at currently. Now, shortly, folks, I'll be taking a wee trip to Togo. I just thinking thanks very much as usual to Sister Sarah's for sponsoring the show. There'll be no DL debate without Kieran Brogan and Sister Sarah's. I want to thank them so much for their ongoing support, as I say, because of them and uh, the Mount Ergo Hotel, Terry out there, and my friend Kieran Keevney in New York. They are helping us uh, pay for the trip. Uh, Bradis O'Donnell is going to document the trip. We're going out there on, on behalf of Plan International. I just want to put a shout out to the lads. Thanks as ever for the ongoing support. Just a quick one from the weekend there. The Markovic Club going from strength to strength. They won the under 14 county title, beating St. Eunice 14 to 2 2. They won the league and the championship, winning every game. There you go. Well done to Markovic. As I say you now, folks, the big result from the weekend uh, against the odds, as I said in the intro. The mastermind himself, Maxi, Sir Maximus. Uh, I was Maxi. I'll tell you this, lad. I spoke to you a few weeks ago. We were after getting a bit of a hammering from our ma. Tell me, how did you mastermind this one? Yeah, look. Yeah, I think you got to give the credit to the players at the end of the day. You know, they um, they, they they showed up on 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 Sunday and they just delivered. Um, look, you come away from a game like three weeks ago and you know you're scratching your head and uh, you have to try and figure out you know what went wrong or at least what went out on the day what happened and what didn't happen and what was supposed to happen that didn't happen and you know I think ultimately we um, we gave the ball away 35 times and I think 12 of their scores of the ones that people got some directed and turnovers that we gave them you know and that was very similar to our last year's Ulster final they scored uh, scored Three seventeen that day and three twelve at came back from ourselves. So if we knew that was probably the first thing we had to try and um, sort out, and I think we did that well on Sunday. Um, and then look, we um, I suppose we were we were also buoyed by a couple of additions as well. You know, um, Tanya Kennedy came back and um, managed with the shackles on Amy Mackin, which is just himself. Brandon was uh, no easy task based on what we seen in the three weeks ago. So no, that was probably um, uh, one factor. And then I suppose that you know Nate Hickerty coming good and kind of bump for us was also a huge advantage. So up that and uh, I think the, the the learning of the of the other guards um, from the from the first day. You know, when you play a team or twice in succession like that, you know, generally it's a team that maybe learns the most as the as the winner ultimately. And I think maybe we maybe took a little bit more to the game left than Armada. Yeah, actually, just uh, you know, from that game, actually, I didn't realise. I kind of said to you about players possibly coming back. You're definitely keeping your your cards close to your chest because uh, you weren't giving anything away that day. So for the two girls to come back, as you said, that experience and uh, just. 
I suppose was able to I suppose bring that extra wee bit of know-how and and just even though it was only two two players coming back in the way that affected the whole side in Mexico because you know Armagh were operating on a, a small bit of a different level to us that day so as you said those two players pivotal listen and of course the whole the whole group then grows from that uh, Max of course Armagh had beaten us in the, in the last couple of the finals when we were controlling the game so it, it was some turnaround actually for them to be the, the raging hot favourites and for us to turn the tables on them I mean there's such a story in many angles coming into this game and and and, and the victory in the end up yeah look and look that's the beauty of sport isn't it and uh, finals are, are, are strange games as well you know the beauty going a life of their own um, but yeah look, look I think all year we've been crying out for, for that sort of extra experience you know we've had a we've had a couple of kids getting caught after the design and giving everyone the kids throughout the league and, you know and it was a really good in the league and that wasn't part of the plan but it was it was with a group of players that died on their you know on their teams throughout the league every game they played you know and we were just crying out and you know um, we knew there were players around that, that, that could play and could you know take us out and, and, and thankfully you know Tanya and uh, and, and he put their hand up and um, you know um Tanya remarkably coming from the other side of the world in Australia, you know, to to to, to answer a call that nobody would have attacked that nobody wanted to do and that's to try and put the put the shackles on Amy Macken and yeah, look she did a bit of problem and she also drove forward brilliantly as well. So uh, you know, that added a dimension we probably didn't have in the previous game as well, just that sheer physicality and energy and drive up the field. So, you know, and then when you have like Neve up the other end who's able to go off her, you know, kicked she won the first two frees of the game and got two scores from it. She kicked with brilliant kick of her left foot as well. So, you know, that was huge and um, you know, our scores haven't been haven't been used this year and we were not shooting the lights out. So look even when you're scoring a a tally of one ten, you know, three points is a massive score. It's you know, it's almost thirty percent of your score, so it's uh, it's huge when you have somebody that's capable of giving you that. And fair play, the two guys were stepping up and you know and answering the call when it came. Yeah, their fitness was fine. Um, actually, they were able to they really play their part uh, throughout the game. Maybe a few short legs today. Yeah, look, um, look, to those two guys in question, I suppose, um. You know, anybody that knows me, Hegarty knows the the competitive animal that she is and look, you know yourself, Brandon, you know, the good players always seem to find a way, you know, they always have an extra gear, they seem to have more time on the ball than the rest of us ever had and, you know, they can just they just make it look that bit easier and look me just a ferocious character and um, you know, and spiritually competitive and you know, and a and, and a huge desire to win and Tanya's just a you know, and a nice possible sense. She's just a freaking nature in terms of her physicality. You know, she always has been and you know, she's hardly um She's currently entering with the Sydney Swans and um, the AFL team, and you know, um, you know, you don't get to that level of it, and something special about you. And, you know, Tanya showed that last year when she marked the likes of you know Vicky Wall and all that, and she's fine that. And you know, again, done a great job and got nominated for an All Star last year. You know, having only played the championship and having not played at that level for you know ten or twelve years, so that tells you the character that the type of player you have. But look, I think it's 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 hugely you know hugely important role they play. But you know, I can't um, I can't go without mentioning you know the impact of the other guards. You know. From your, you know, Claire Green goals that played her first game for Donegal the last round of the league, never played on Braid, never played, you know, for Donegal at any level before that, and to be able to come in and, and, and command the square the way she did is, is phenomenal. You know, Abigail Temple Suku, you know, 17 years of age, but Claire, the match in the minor final a week ago, Katie Dowds came up the field and kicked a point on her left foot, 16 years of age, could understand the couple last year. You know, that's, that's, there's heroes all over the place. And when you get to a game like that, you know, you're asking about how do you turn it around from the previous game? Well, you know, we, um, you know, you always say that you need 13 or 14 players having the game of the lives. And I think that's kind of the way it worked out. Yes, they knew you couldn't fault anybody for anything at any stage. You know, we just, we, we took the gamble on a plan and, and we stuck with it. 
Yeah, yeah, powerful. And how much credit goes to Barney Curran then for his coaching? <laughs> oh, Barney's a maestro. He's has more trophies ahead of this year than uh, some of us ever had in a career. So, yeah, look, at uh, look at the great achievement. You know, John McGinley came back in this year. Um, he was involved with me in 2018-2019 and the three also championship we won Johnny has been has been part of all three in the year Johnny was away we didn't win any so you know um, <laughs> another we, another interesting um, football but look the, 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 real, the real heroes here the players and yeah. you know young and old as they're from 16 year old Katie Dowds right through to Karen Guthrie you know Karen and the Hegarty lumped through the second half Karen Guthrie couldn't even complete the warm up in the game you know but she she put on a huge performance she had a very good role to play yesterday and you know and we, we keep that to ourselves and she managed to you know, she pulled, she, she just delivered, she could go the point and play, she kicked the play, she got the ball and the last point we scored. So, you know, it was just that culmination of a, of a, of a monumental effort by everybody. And look, to be fair as well, you look, Armagh were, were a little unfortunate, they lost, you know, Amy Mackin, you know, maybe the last five minutes when, you know, when she probably could have kicked the point. And, you know, we had a stage where we had them, you know, we were paying them a dinner 45 and we just... Whoosh, the arch you around the outside of the 45 and they really had nobody that could kick it over when she wasn't on the field so look you know you just know Brendan you'll, you'll win the home cup for a score without a wee bit of luck and we yeah. probably got that yesterday which we haven't had in a while and um, yeah it's, uh, it was greatly appreciated yeah roll on the All-Ireland series now uh, Max you've a, you've, a, you've a bit of preparation to do now is the squad that you have there is it going to be what you have going into this uh, into this tournament bar one is it well, look, look, we just don't know the. Uh, it's a very different competition now, and look, to, to be honest, you know, we weren't looking past them. Um, also, championship, we knew if we get a, a trophy at all this year and a medal, it'll be it'll be a huge achievement for these girls. And you know, some of those younger girls have been knocking about for a couple of years and playing at a very level, and have nothing to show for it. Um, some of the girls are the Coles, the Reimers, Karen Guthrie, Katie May figured that's their first Ulster medal. You know, it's a it's, it's a fine haul at the end of career, but for others, it's it's their first and and, and maybe the last because we're definitely heading into a Transitional period in Donegal, so you know for for those girls to have that um, in the locker, and that was the big, you know, that was the whole focus, you know. And mm. um, we hadn't really looked at the All Ireland stage, and it's a it's, it's a whole different competition for us now because there's a you know we actually we actually go into a far tougher looking group having won the province than we did. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking we, yeah, yeah, we go with All Ireland champions Mead and and, and Waterford who who um, clipped us at home this year in the National League. So, but look, that's that's for another day. That's for yeah. another. Um, we we did we did have a number of injuries picked up from yesterday. Um, concerning one. So, look, we just really don't know what's what's ahead of us. And look, we'll, we'll let the girls enjoy a couple of days and we we'll dust oh, ourselves down. Well, a well, weeks, sir, try and get back on the horse again. Max, are you the only man I know in Donegal uh, GA they'll say we're in transition and he's still won Ulster. My hats off to you, lad. That actually <laughs> done the hard good. I know the back of the minor girls one and two. <laughs> Phenomenal stuff. You enjoy the celebrations there, lad. I'm sure there, be, there might be a wee cure and a wee lifter this evening somewhere. Hopefully, hopefully. Good man. Thanks very much, Maxie. Thanks, the chatty season was on. Thanks, Thank you. Great stuff, Maxie. Tur- Maxie Curran there, mighty man, mighty man. Now I'm going to talk to John Colum Gillespie, chairman of Leave Warra. Colm, welcome. John Colm, welcome to the DL Debate. Good man, Brendan. How's it going? Oh, not so bad, hey. Not so bad. Are you still shoulder to the wheel there with the, the preparation, the 52nd All-Ireland Gilded Championships? It must be exciting times down there. Ah, guy, it's all shoulder to the wheel here at the moment, Brendan, you know, and it's just exciting times. a big, exciting time for the club, you know. It's it's something we've never, we've, as long as we've, we've had the county before, the county Gilded before, and we've had, we run the event war and stuff like that, but it's, 
None of them's anything like this this year, you know. It's, yeah. it's, there's a lot of preparations and a lot of work, you know. Yeah, and we're going to have, you know, of course, lights, action, camera, TG Cahar and all. The, the whole nation will be spotlight on Nivora. I'm, I'm sure uh, the whole place is uh, uh, looking forward to this and the challenge. And of course, there's a small matter of a, of a competition for the lads to win as well. Uh, well, there's a competition there at the end of it as well. Like, <laughs> TG Cahar are going to broadcast broadcast live from from the Sunday evening in the semi-finals and then three of the four finals on the Sunday but they're going to broadcast on YouTube all weekend so all the games from the banks will will be on the, will be going out either live on, on TG Care or else on, on their YouTube platform you know yeah. now, that's all the games in the banks unfortunately they're not able to do the games in Maharajadhan and in Dunlow you know but yeah you have a few there's three grounds going is it John all, all weekend yeah, we we've done low. We we we're using Dunlow's giving us their pitch, and Guido's giving us two of their the two pitches they have in Maragallan, You know, so yes. um, yeah, there's a lot of football in, in Dunlow and Guido as well. So that's all day Saturday there, and then um, there's two games in Dunlow as well on the Sunday morning, and one Maragallan. It's great that it can spread out to, to the other places and then obviously the, the big final games back back at the banks and you people from Galway, Mayo, Meath, Cork, Kerry all coming up to uh, to try and take a title back. Well there's going to be, there's 27 teams all together, there's five from the county here itself and then there's 22 travelling teams coming from as you said. I suppose the, the uh, Mayo, Galway, uh, Kerry, Cork, Waterford, Dublin, Mead, and Liverpool, uh, Lee from Belfast as well. Very good. And tell me oh. the, the logistics of that. Then they tie in with, with you guys around uh, places to stay, and are they, they stay in part accommodation, part with uh, local people in the area. Uh, well, most of them, most of them are staying with Moray Pete. Um, we're lucky enough that in Ranafast and Aglaonhanure, and even over in Maharoti and Derry Connor, that there's Moray Pete keep. Uh, the Irish students so we're lucky enough that we were able to get most of them into these houses you know yes yes uh, yeah, so, yeah. so we, we've nearly we've, we've them all accommodated in the in the Moretti houses bar one or two other buildings and, that and we're using as well you know good man and who's, who's the big favourites for the for the titles and offer there uh, John do you, are you back in your own lands for a start uh, You'd be in trouble. I'd be in trouble, you know. Um, but, you know, act, hey, listen, I suppose you'd need to be talking to the likes of Danny Don and Oni McGarvey and them to get proper uh, rundown on the on the games like that there, you know. But um, the, the Ballingieri and, and uh, Neil Connell is going to be a big game. That that was the final last year, you know. So that, that's, going to be a, that's going to be a big game there, like, you know. Yes. Yes, you know. So, and that's... Yeah, good, good so man. John, John, that's fan, John, that's fa- fantastic. Listen, we are, we are uh, going to be, um, we're in the bank holiday next weekend, so I'm looking actually to do the show. I would love to come down and catch you, but it'll be in, obviously up in the cool park and that. But I'll be keeping an eye on proceedings at TD Car and any highlighting we can do. Uh, John, I hope you have a, a brilliant weekend down there, and the sun shines, and uh, they need worry me and have a have a cup at the end of it. Good man, thanks, Brendan, very much. No bother, hundred percent, John. Chat to you soon, sir. All right. Bye, Brandon. Bye, John Colm there. Fair play to him. Looking forward to that Gildog weekend. Now, at the top of the show, I said I'm going to speak to the only, the one and only Gaelic Life uh, correspondent and GE encyclopedia that is Michael McMullen. Michael, how are you, lad? 
Very good, Brendan. The weather's good, so you can't complain. You're a happy man, eh? Listen, always great to talk. talk uh, Mike, I was, I was texting you uh, over the weekend and that, and over and back. You're a great man for a bit of, bit of M4, a bit of lowdown. Um, I was just going to uh, ask you, Mike, about the Ulster teams in, in general, but particularly, I suppose, Derry Monin and our man and, and what you're seeing. And, and I'm just wondering, is there a bit of a... Like, you talk about a hangover the Armagh. I'm just looking at Derry against Monaghan I don't want to disrespect Monaghan any but from the previous game well do you find it very hard to figure teams out from, from games previous because there, there seems to be a serious up and down uh, uh, level out there we're seeing from, from different teams one minute the, you know we're, we're looking at a, you know, as the season goes on a brilliant Mayo and then something happens or Dublin you think up and down and uh, Derry now Armagh we're kind of figure out where these boys is at that's a very fair point. It's uh, there's been nobody that's been completely consistent. Maybe Mayo outside of their game with the Rossies, um, but you know, um, and as you say, even in terms of Armagh and Derry, with the Ulster finalists, um, does the weekend put immense pressure on the Ulster Championship, Brendan, going forward? Do Armagh and Derry next year decide? Do you know what we actually don't need to? fill the diesel tank for Ulster anymore. I don't know. I hope not, because Ulster's so good, but I think it definitely does ask questions about it, Brent, and I definitely do. Um, but in fairness to Kieran Mina, in his post-match interview, uh, somebody had mentioned the word hangover, but he dismissed that he thought it was very unjust on Monaghan. Yes. And yes. I suppose, as you saw yourself, Monaghan made a few changes in terms of energy. They brought a bit more youth, but to be fair... There's nothing as good as four weeks in the long grass when you've just got a hammer. Mm. Especially when you can go to Clonus and watch a game that goes all the way. Um, and I think probably, I think Monaghan probably learned a lot about Derry and the fact that they were able to close off the space behind Paul Casty and Ethan Doherty for those runs that have cut teams open for a couple of years now. Yeah. And um, they definitely got a lot of joy out of it. And... Uh, I think from a dairy point of view, the first half, Brendan, was probably as close to the first half of the Dublin League game as you can get. Derry sat off and Monaghan just came at them. A wee bit like Ethan Rafferty did in Clonus and dictated the game. And the breeze was significant enough, Brendan, that Monaghan were able to shoot and take scores. And to be fair, they took their scores very, very well. And... Uh, it was level six times in the first half but in the first I think it's 17 minutes I'm not sure exactly but roughly around that time she had Derry had four wides that you know could have changed the game a wee bit to be fair but Monaghan full value for their performance and um, when you're three points down twice in the second half against a team like Monaghan you know they've been they've been they've been tipped to be relegated so many times in Ulster but they never do and for Derry to get four points on the bounce and then not win it is a kick in the teeth. But from a Derry point of view, Brendan, it's definitely a point gained. You're right, Michael. Listen, that shows huge grit. I totally agree. And just, if you look at Monaghan, I suppose the second half against Tyrone, you're like, right, that's, is that the real Monaghan? Because if it is, 
I was thinking this this game could go anyway with Derry and the Ulster uh, semi. But how Derry dismantled them and took them apart was a bit frightening. And then you're thinking, hey, are Derry on 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 the tilt of it? So maybe it's one of those sticky games. You said I think they wanted the last last four or five championship games to Derry, and certainly two in the last you know year or whatever. So mm-hmm. you're thinking, as you said, they were waiting uh, for for a wee bit of an ambush, and nothing like Monaghan to do that. I mean, they're probably one of the best teams in Ulster at that. They're kind of battle hardened. Always say that. That's why I was surprised at how easy to, to, uh, Derry ruled them over in, in Ulster. So I was maybe more closer to, to the better Ulster team. Just around the pitch, the scores from Derry and that, they just looked like... Uh, there was maybe there seemed to be answers coming from Derry there around an All-Ireland tilt, I felt, well, leading up into All-Ireland. Now them question marks are back again. Would that be your feeling on it? Are, are they still capable, you think, or, or are they still a few players off? I they certainly will. There's a big... There's a big question mark, Brenton, and I think it's not even, you know, it's not even an All-Ireland um, uh, title tilted at this stage, Brenton. It's really a case of we've had two games in a row where, where there have been draws and we haven't fired properly. So I think that um, Derry have got an awful lot to prove this weekend at Ball Buffet. Um, you know, not just about who finishes top of the group or who who's going to have a go at winning Sam. It's more short term than that for me. Um, but you mentioned the scores like like that day in Oma there was 10 different scores you know that was phenomenal mm-hmm. and Derry's performance probably provided that on Saturday night uh, Shane McGuigan scored 9 points and he made Niall Toner's 2 points that's 11 out of 14 that's some difference in 10 different scores in Oma so um, I, I think Shane McGuigan has scored 38% of Derry's total this year um, he's an exceptional player yeah um, yeah but uh, I'm not saying that, you know, like when you think about it, Brenton, too, every top team, like look look at look at Kerry against Mayo without David Clifford and I suppose uh, their keeper, they would have been better at the gate. So yes. every team's relied on one person, really, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, we, we used to be, but he retired, um, unfortunately for us. Uh, no, yeah, but McGuigan, I would say, you know, you'd have to say at the minute, he's he's up there. He's up there with Clifford in terms of his influence in games. I mean, as it's you said, he's best forward in the game at the minute for me. Yeah, yeah. at the minute. Yeah, 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 absolutely phenomenal. And, and again, lo- looking at Armagh's performance against Westmead, again, you don't want to take anything away from Westmead, and then you think about the Derry draw with them. You know, is there a bit of background question mark about Derry now in terms of the the. Obviously, the management change, and I know you said before about well, about to me about Kieran Mina being a, being a good fit for to take the team on that. But is there a fear that there could be an, an effect of the Derry performance going into this championship because of that? Well, there's 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 make no mistake about it. The loss of Rory Galler as manager is immense because as a manager, I don't think there's anybody better. You know, and the, the way that he is that he's taken Derry. So he's gone. That's definitely going to, that's a game changer. But in terms of what Derry were going to do, there was only one thing to do, and that was a point Kieran Mina, like there was no other debate. And the thing about it is, Brendan, he had been working alongside Rory for his whole tenure. And he was there with the players under Damien McAleen the year before that. So he knows it inside out. Um, and I, I, I don't, I couldn't imagine it changing too much, you know, in terms of how they play. There has been no change in personnel uh, in the panel or anything like that. I, I did ask Kieran uh, after the game on Saturday because out of Derry's first four or five attacks, 
they kicked the ball a wee bit more and I was asking was it a change of tact and he said not really it was just the way Monaghan had set themselves up that it that it gave them that opportunity and I think they won a lot more longer kickouts in that first 10 minutes which meant they were a bit quicker so to answer your question you know there definitely is going to be a change but Derry had no option that was just the way it was going to be like uh, a few people said to me Derry need to go and get a manager what's that going to do for the season you know going and looking for somebody now it was just that that was the way it was going to be Um, and I I suppose back to the first point Brent I made about Derry the, the players are probably going to have to it's maybe this is maybe a wee bit harsh like I'm not saying soul searching because they haven't lost in their last two games and they've won back to back Ulster titles but even the body language they're disappointed in their performance at the weekend because Monaghan outplayed them so it's a really short term thing this week you know and they're not going to be able to do any training this week really worth because of just the whole uh, exploits of the games being too close together so it's maybe just a mental focus this week um, and and the other thing is they're going they're going to somewhere that I you'll correct me if I'm wrong here I think down Tyrone and Mayo are the only teams that have won in Bally Buffet in maybe I don't know 2010 or something something yeah, like that so there right. you have that focus on as well yeah, yeah, you're right. We're hoping they play up and all that, but I'm really interested to get your views on that, Mal. And of course, a, a wee word in our ma as well. If you just hold on there, Mal, we're just going to kick a quick advertisement break and back to you then, all right? The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Yes, welcome back. I'm talking with top Gilly Glaive and GA correspondent Michael McMullen. We are shooting the breeze about the weekend. Michael, before the break, I said I was going to ask you a couple of questions uh, before we get on to Donegal Derry, which uh, we're all very interested in. Our ma, are we being too harsh in our ma after the weekend? Again, you think about Monaghan, obviously Westmeath, not a lot was expected of him, but still, you know, a decent side. Come up with a good game plan. They hung in their early doors, you know, there was a period there that Armagh missed one four in, in a space of a few minutes. I thought maybe they were going to get blown away at that point. They hung in, well, and if anything, played the better football after that. Yeah, to be honest, Brent, I didn't see this game. I watched the highlights and saw the last 10 minutes. But by all accounts, Real O'Neill's goal chance ends, you know, it, it sorts it out at that stage. Yeah. I did expect Armagh to come back with a real bounce because of so many regrets from that Ulster final. They left it behind them. You know, I know Derry took it, but they left it behind them. And, uh, you know, I think Westmeath had something like a couple of hundred supporters among the partisan Armagh crowd. Like, that was a that was an opportunity to come with a statement for Armagh. And well, apart from, like, Turbo's goal essentially won it at the end, uh, like smash and grab and, and, and you know, <laughs> a total smash and grab. So, I don't know, there's still a lot of question marks. But I did say that the Derry and Armagh as the teams that had the, the Tussle and Ulster, their number one priority is to finish top in the group. Like Armagh have to finish top of the group. They need that fresh week. They need that week off. Mm. So um, from their point of view, Brendan, they've got a result, which means it sets up, you know, potentially, potentially, uh, if they can get past their own, a top of the table clash with Galway. That's what, the, that's what they need to be. But in the short term, I just don't know where they are. Like I really don't. They should have. They, they should have. Uh, they should have beaten Derry with the chances they had. Yeah. Like Conor Turbot didn't didn't get on the ball at all. You can't have that. You need to be. You need to be going at it far more. Um, I just don't know. But you know, they, they got a result. They live. They move on. They go to Oma and to go again. But 
I just don't know. They're just so unpredictable. And we won't really probably know until we see how Westmeath acquit themselves against their own and, and uh, go. I mean, it's a very difficult group. It's a very difficult group for, for really, yes, particularly for our yeah. man Westmeath to be in. So how they play against other sides and I'll tell you that and of course you have of course the backstory to Armagh and Tyrone and I don't think Armagh really want to be playing Tyrone at this point do you? Um, I don't know well it'll definitely it'll definitely sharpen the focus there's no doubt about that and you know Tyrone are probably probably disappointing enough in Galway you know they, they're coming again this weekend they need to, they need to get something out of this season um, they don't look to be firing whatsoever and when you think back to the first half against Monaghan, Tyrone looked like all Ireland contenders. Like, you know, just the way they were playing. And now, now I don't know, but I think, Brendan, probably Armagh do need a Tyrone game. They need a, something that will sharpen the focus and say, you know what, let's go at this. Maybe a wee bit. Remember Tyrone were stumbling through the back door of the stage and they drew, they drew Dublin one year. I think it was 05 when Muggsy scored the goal. Yes. They needed that game to energise them. Maybe that's what they need this weekend, but only if they won it, Brenton. But yeah. maybe this is maybe this is the fixture that uh, gets the juices going. Yeah, yes, indeed. Well, listen, one that gets the juices going, I think, from Donegal people, particularly because we had a decent second half against Clare, is that uh, we might listen. When I seen that group come out and how we had played, particularly against the, the end of the league and against Down, I was thinking, God, you know, we're 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 going to be under pressure. There's probably maybe a wee bit of hope now from Donegal in terms of being at home. The Clare second half. Derry maybe not firing as you're saying Mal on all cylinders that could come right though on, on any given day but there's maybe a wee bit of hope there Kieran Mina of course was asked about the game after and he talked about the game that they lost a couple of seasons ago in, in Balbuffet I don't know I've seen one of the journalists and he forgot about the Ulster final last year maybe he was thinking about the fact that it was Balbuffet <laughs> I know sometimes <laughs> when you have the game head on you know you can just something just zones in because I'm sure uh, there was a lot of things running through his head at the time, uh, Mal. But do you see anything in them ball around uh, Donegal's second half and, and Clare and how Derry are playing it could give Donegal some uh, a bit of hope to, to, I suppose, give Derry a game, Mal? Because that wasn't looked like, likely a couple of weeks ago in terms of the, the, the seasons that they had so far, the way Derry were hammering Alexa Monaghan and we were losing the down. It definitely did, Brenton. And most of the Derry people I chatted to, either before the game or at the game, they talked about if we win this game, we're going to top the group. That was the general consensus of dairy people that Monaghan was the top of the table clash. Uh, now that has completely changed. And Donegal, um, I, I, I feared for them going to Clare. I was looking at it as a draw or potentially a slip, but uh, they got a they got a massive result down there. When you think of the way the game went probably come down to Sean Patton save Brenton probably at that stage when yeah. there's maybe three or four points in it but um, Kieran Thompson uh, with that <laughs> sweet left peg of his and Oshie Gallon definitely created problems but like they're scoring an average of 11 points a game Brenton and I think was it 14 they got in Ennis you know is that sort of tally going to be enough they're going to need to get a goal against Derry yeah. Did they look at Monaghan? Monaghan, similar scoring average, similar sort of, you know, Division One type team. Um, but the only thing is, Derry, I hope, learn the lesson of not inviting Donegal onto them the way they did Monaghan. Um, so it probably leaves that the Donegal are going to need to get a goal on, on you know, on Sunday evening, Brenton, um, for me. But uh, back to, as we were talking about Derry in our previous conversation before the ad break, um, 
it's maybe a bit of a chip on the shoulder some dairy people this week where they, they feel they have a point to prove I, I hope so <laughs> well that's fighting talk there well I'm, I'm a bit afraid of that I'm, I'm hoping that you come to Balfour and kind of back off us and let us have have the ball a bit and work our way into the game my fear is that they would go for the juggler which which we don't really see that too much of outside of a, a goalkeeping press and then we have the one only Sean Patton maybe the ping out around that but listen uh, Mal I'll probably see you down there well I hope we uh, give you the game that's that's all I'm saying good end it no, I'll definitely see you there, Brent, and, and all the best, and, and thanks for the chat. Not at all, man. Brilliant to talk as ever, sir. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll, I'll see you, and I'll see you at the weekend. Yeah, Michael McBullen there uh, of Gaelic Life. Great to talk to him as ever. Uh, now, as I said at the top of the show, I'm going to speak to a man, top presenter and pundit, and he's got his own gig going with the name of the smaller fish it's the one and only Colin Parkinson Colin welcome to the DL Debate well Brendan good to hear you come come buddy people talk about podcasts and shows and everything you have an entertainment package here like I'm I'm waiting for smaller fish TV to hit hit the hit the sky so we can we can have you on 24-7 unfortunately in Ireland Brendan the television options are limited enough to RTE um, and the bridges have been fairly well burned there and <laughs> <laughs> you burned, you burned a few bridges in your time though, I must say. Listen, there was only one Very, thing for you to do, and that was to have your own gig, you know? <laughs> oh, it was that or the dole, either be able to do it on my own. Um, yeah, the options are limited. The media landscape in Ireland is pretty small, but Virgin Media were interested in doing like a magazine style show last year, but it went mm. quiet um, this year. So maybe they might come back yeah. um, next year and have a look. I think there's a huge gap in the market for some GEA shows on TV during the week. There's nothing. All we have is the Sunday game, and that's very rushed and very soundbitey. And there's no relaxed um, kind of, you know, magazine-style show, analysis show that has a bit of room to breathe and give GEA fans something on the bloody telly. And Colm, the, 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 the nation seems to be crying out for this. You know, we, we spoke, obviously, I'm lucky enough to contribute to the smaller fish here, and we speak sometimes about, you know, your general perception out there from everybody is they want, you know, more of a analysis, more of a maybe light-hearted look at things and... You know, that two sides the to, to, to entertaining and analysis which seems not to be out there at the minute. You know, as if the whole country's asking. But people who are in charge up there just have their heads stuck in the sand going, This is how we're doing it. Well, listen, the the reality here is you have a combination of the GEA not holding the broadcast, the main broadcast right holder RT to account and telling them, Listen, this is your package. What are you going to give us? Like, look what Sky for do for the Premier League. Did actually sicken you to have that much stuff going on about the Premier League. It's in your face. They promote the hell out of it and they made it huge. RT do the complete opposite. They just do the bare minimum. They do the same as they've always done. They've tried a couple of TV shows. They've been terrible. They haven't worked. Um, they don't seem seem to have any innovation. And now they've just given <laughs> now they've just given up. And you know they got an extra night's broadcast rights, and they've used it for a Saturday game. I think there's only six or seven Saturday games the entire year. I think they're using that to take pressure off themselves on a weekend that's absolutely packed. And so nothing really has changed. The new broadcast rights have come and gone, and we're back stuck with the very same thing. Yeah. And where do you think it's going to go then? Like, do you think that 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 the GEO offering is going to eventually? Uh, come up to, to ski on, have some kind of showing that even if it's uh, repeating on there, that people can go in and it's it's not got that kind of very safe kind of steel format. Do you think that's a possibility down the line somewhere? Or do you think we're, it's going to continue more of the same? 
I, I think GEA Go will eventually do that because the GEA were looking into doing their own type of shows before COVID hit. I think they built a studio in um, Crow Park and everything. So they're really going um, strong for this. Um, and then COVID happened and they were not back and they had to cut their budget. And I think they laid off staff and all those kind of things. But they're back, um, I suppose, going well again. So maybe that's something down the line. There's definitely a market for Brendan. Jesus Christ, like look at look at look at the market that's out there, even for podcasts, for GEA. People are are fanatical about the GEA. Yeah. So like I mean, a TV show during the week is the greatest no-brainer. I think it's a crime, <laughs> Brendan, that there isn't anything like that. That you'd sit down on a Wednesday night and it, or a, a Monday or Tuesday night, like a Monday night football analysis yeah. or a, a, a more light-hearted one. Um, you know, on a Thursday night, all this stuff should be done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, Willie, hundred percent. Listen, you you are doing your best for that side of it. Well, how do people sign up for your uh, for your for your, what do we call it? A GA package, a show? With, I don't know. What do you call it's your? G- listen, my, mine's a GA podcast. Um, yeah. Let's be honest. It's all it's all audio, and I do four five shows a week. And um, there's a review show, her, football on a Monday night. Hurling on a Tuesday, or hurling on a, sorry, a football review show on a Sunday night. I get that out um, about half past nine. Then a hurling review on a Monday. There's usually some sort of interview on a Tuesday and we'll do a hurling preview and a football preview on a Wednesday and Thursday. So there's a, there's five shows a week, uh, which adds up to maybe, and there's, sometimes there's more, sometimes there's six, get about 20 shows um, minimum during the championship for five euros plus fat uh, a month. So it works out very, very, very cheap. Like, I mean... Good. You know, so you just Google, Google smaller fish and you'll, you'll Google get smaller it. fish. It's on yeah. patreon.com forward slash smaller fish. And yeah. thanks very much for the plug. Yeah, hey, not at all. Well, listen, I, I, like as you're saying, now in many ways, guys like yourself are, are giving people that uh, ability to, to connect with proper analysis and, and previews and reviews and the whole lot. I mean, it's, it's well, now, it's, Brendan, I have to cut you off there. Me and you are on it. So proper analysis <laughs> <now> might be <laughs> well, like, you, you've earned Karen off that me on for the crack. I think that's that, that's why, yeah. We, 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 we get only a few stories in that which again well, sometimes like on the like of this and I, there, there seems to be the hours working against you sometimes between uh, uh, breaks and different things and that but we just go hard at the at the Gaelic football uh, well you're just talking about the Gaelic at the weekend there um, myself and yourself and often as Aaron I know Conan was on there last week you know we're trying to predict games from other games and we're seeing such up and down performances for teams and we're looking maybe an Ulster hangover you, know, you look at the four games at the weekend there, two were draws, one by a point, the other one was by two points. Is is the is the teams realising that this is how we have to be to compete? I think I think I'll park the Cork Louth teams, but the other teams was involved. I mean we we impressed with, with Westmeath obviously and how Ross Common acquitted themselves in those two games. That's the modern way, Willie. Uh, you have to do it. Well that's it. I think it was only Galway that were in a provincial final that won. Um, which is an incredible statistic. Nobody else won. Some of them, some of them drew, um, but only Galway won out of the eight teams that were in provincial finals. Armagh which won. Is a f- Armagh won by a point. Or, oh, Armagh yeah, won. Yeah, yeah so, Armagh but it was Galway close. Then, yeah. they, they were straight, lucky. They were lucky. They, they, they were very lucky. But yeah. the common thing between Westmead and Roscommon was the, they were both going in as underdogs away from home, and they both dominated possession. And the favourites allowed them dominate possession, which is just for me, it just makes no sense how a home team wouldn't be trying to set the tone. Um, you know, play the game on their terms, go force the turnovers and not only force the turnovers, score, press that kick out to get another score, get the crowd behind them. And all that stuff doesn't seem to happen, Brendan. It seems to be passive. Armagh waiting inside in their own structure um, and Westmead playing around the outside of them. 
and Dublin the very same. Westmead had almost six minutes possession. This is absolutely unprecedented. Mm. Conan said, Conan Doherty was on the show on Sunday night and he said in 2018 in the All-Ireland final, he did a piece on Dublin. They held the ball for 69 seconds and he shared this on social media and nobody could believe it. He was like, well, you know, look at this, control. <laughs> Yeah. One minute and nine seconds, Brendan. Five minutes, yeah. five <laughs> years later, we're talking nearly six yeah. minutes. Yeah. And the goalkeeper had 16, 17 possessions in that. It is boring. It's not Ross Common or Westmead's fault. That's their right going away from home against the favourites. I can't understand the mentality of teams that are favourites at home allowing this to happen. It is so bizarre and bonkers. Mm. Do you think, Willie, there's there's shades of, and we, we spoke about this before, that, remember before being the Super 8s, there's a lot of games in there that, that weren't what you call championship because of just the nature of, of the mindset and the format of that. Do you think in many ways Ross Common got up there, as I was saying to you last week, having Mullen Crew Park at 43 years, they obviously were tactically, you know, well set up against Mayo, come up short against Galway, and listen, Galway are they're a tough they're a tough proposition. I think they're they're a top side and game very well coached themselves. So, you know, they're going up against Dublin. We seen what Kildare did, but then we thought Dublin shooting the lights out, they were back. But in many ways Dublin looks so ordinary against Ross Common. Is that do you think that dressing room really before the game? And I know tactics and, and drill and nature and, and coaching and that. You think you can you imagine Dublin dressing before that match? I'd say it was as calm as you know, you could have probably just snoo snoozed. Ross Common was probably buzzing. You know, they go six two up in the first half, I'm sitting going, is this actually happening? Yeah. Well, let's say, ah, look, Dublin, are ver Dublin. there's no reconsistency to Dublin's performance. You think they've kind of cracked it and they're giving good ball into Khan against Loud. Um, and then they come against um, Roscommon and they gave him no service at all. I think Costello tried to give him a kick pass. The long kickouts Cluxton did against Loud were gone. He was just tapping it to the corner back. It's all confused. It's low tempo. It's passive. Um, Dublin, for me, have the best team. Um, their first team. They miss Jack McCaffrey massively. He breaks holes, but they're just so passive. Kilkenny's gone completely off the ball. All he wants to do is keep it ticking over. There's no creativity um, with him, and you need creativity in a half forward line, you know. And they have Bugler, who's more of a hard runner. I don't say other than Fenton, there's nobody really to kick a ball in um, to the forest. They're, I think they're all over the place. They're reflecting their manager, who's very, very kind of a passive, dull. Um, Let's be honest, like I think Desi's a nice man and he's a legend, but he's a boring type of a man. You just need to hear him talk. And they say teams reflect their manager, and that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I, I think the quote is in the day, of course, the jury is still out and where we're really at. Like everything, Willie, at this stage, surely you know what where your team is at. Like, why uh, is there this kind of question mark? You know, if he was five games into the tenure, you'd probably understand that type of uh, co comment, uh, Willie. And just, you know, looking at them, you know, in terms of, listen, Russ Common and Burke, obviously, listen, Mark McHugh's on there in the background, you know, Russ Common looked very kind of, as you would have seen Donegal back in the day, and obviously Tally going down to Kerry and, and Keane over Galway and that. Are we just seeing filtering into all these teams they look to pull in somebody I mean maybe our mob are too much that way they took Donaghan and maybe to give them a bit of flair which they seem to have lost but are, are you seeing Willie now basically same template everybody fitness like hell drill like hell cut off a space squeeze up in the kick out keep possession till the very last moment and try and yeah. get an overload and it's basically where where we're going to see all these games going now and particularly if you're looking at Westmead coming up that's the only way they can play it 
Yeah, it's got it's very look. It's very very dull, and the possession's only going to get worse because if the if the defending team doesn't want to engage, they all have different lines where to start the defence from. You know, Derry will wait inside the forty five. Dublin might go up past halfway. You know, somebody else might go up to the opposition sixty five. Kerry probably will um, engage them there. They're all trying to make the pitch smaller. Derry are an extreme um, you know version of that. And basically, that's it. They don't want to come outside there because that's their defensive structure. That's what they back off. They'll all press a kick out after a, a set play, but after a point from play, they won't press it. They're back into this structure, which they say is kind of set. Now, the opposition only has to play around outside of that and use their goalkeeper as the extra man. And you have a game of piggy in the middle and you won't get the ball back off them. And embarrassingly for Dublin Armagh, they allowed this to go on at mm. home mm. instead of pushing an extra player up, even fouling them, Brendan. You foul one of those Roscommon lads if you're a Dublin fella, immediately the fella taking the free is gone as an option. Another lad go in and run on the goalkeeper and now you're all now you're all manned up. Yeah. They didn't yeah. even lay a glove on them, Brendan. <laughs> Not even a glove in almost six minutes. Brian Fenton was the only one in that nearly six minutes that laid a glove on a Roscommon man. Yeah. It's absolutely like what we saw that day, I think like it's what we saw on Sunday with Dublin and on Saturday with Armagh is the start of something that is going to be very very boring yeah and that's what I'm saying well, do you think that comes back now Armagh at home this packed house championship technically but they've obviously lost the Ulster final and that I'm just thinking what was the buzz like there and the buzz in the Dublin dressing room this well as much as everything's controlled now and drilled and all that there still is a side of GA which is the buzz you know the, yeah. That seems to be draining out of these teams in certain games in terms of bringing their best. It you know as if Dublin, you know maybe them guys won't have a won't have a, a buzz until they're in the bloody All Ireland final because they've been through so much. You know, yeah, I, I don't think it's the system or the or anything like that, uh, Brendan or the new All Ireland series. I think that's just the way football has gone. That's yeah. it. That's football now, and I don't think it suits the likes of Tyrone and Armagh, who traditionally are the most combative counties, who are in your face. What part of Armagh or Tyrone's psyche is dropping off and waiting? There's, it just doesn't compute. Not with the teams I ever played against, Daniel. I would have loved them to drop off, um, you know, to drop off you and not be in your face annoying you. That's not Armagh and Tyrone. They've got sucked into the dark side of this kind of football and they're paying the price um, for it because it's awful. And Dublin have been sucked in a few years ago. Um, probably the most offensive team in the country is Kerry. Galway are... are definitely in that zone mm. and they're all playing the same way and it's very hard to break out of it um you know Mayo actually probably are the are the most attacking team yeah, along with yeah. along with Kerry I think Mayo have the balance really really good between you know playing on the front foot they always do that's the Mayo psyche they've never really sold out to this dropping off they're doing it a bit under Max Day um but not to the extent where May imagine Mayo at home watching Westmead own the ball outside of their screen do you think that would happen <laughs> It just wouldn't. Yeah. I, I would say, well, I mean, myself, yourself and Aaron, beyond the Thursday, we could have to bring up a lot of stories to keep things interesting, the way you're, the way you're captioning it here. And listen, well, yeah, you know me, I'm, I've been in agreement for that. I, I've kind of just learned to live with it at this point in terms of uh, tactics. And I often say to yeah. people, listen, you could nearly tune in the second half because nothing's really going to happen that, that'll, that'll matter in the first half. You know, it's a terrible yeah. thing, but that, that is the truth. You know, every ball we're, we're, used to We're using... Sorry to cut you off. We're yeah. using the shadow boxing analogy on, on the show the whole time. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're shadow boxing. They're feeling each other out. This is what happens. And someone sent me a tweet the other night and said, we should just, like what you're saying, we should just tune into the last 10 minutes when both teams actually decide, let's <laughs> go and win it now. Yeah. Or Derry just finally 
after sleepwalking through the entire game, go shit, we're three points behind. Like we're down on the scorecard. Let's come out swinging. And they did. And then you remember the last 10 minutes, Brendan, you go, you know, that was exciting. Jeez, they came back well there. And then Monaghan got that last score. And you'd be a little bit buzzing and you're nearly disregarding the, the, the you know, very passive, very unlike a championship match um, that happened for the previous 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. I suppose people would say about Mayo, well, if they had had that bit more tactic, they would have got across the, the line. But I, I think, as, as you said there, you're, you're, you're selling out uh, a lot on, on, on how you want to play and approach the game. You know, it would be phenomenal for them to come through and win the title. Are, are you putting them up there, Willie Lomi Galway, for your, for your favourites? I am. I think, well, look, it's be, for me, it's between Mayo, Galway, Dublin and Kerry. Yeah, yeah. And not, to be honest, none of them are blowing me away. Yeah. Galway, arguably, I think Mayo are, are outside favourites for it because they've been the most consistent playing the best football um, the whole year. Only blip was the Roscommon one. And in fairness to them, they only had six-day turnaround there after winning a national title. You know you all went mad in 2008 when you won the league, Brendan. Like, God, what happened to your championship? <laughs> um, <laughs> you can relate to that, I'm sure. But that's well, the way. Well, 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 I don't think you were ever now. seen after that, after that league. <laughs> well, you have too much I'm on me. I'm going to uh, thankfully go down to the last 20 seconds. Colin Parkinson, Wilberto has ever smaller fish, uh, CEO will call you. Thanks very much for joining us this evening on the deal debate. Thanks, mate. Cheers, be in touch. That's Willie there. Uh, always great to talk to him. I want to thank Kevin Fury for producing as ever and keep me right head of sport. Oshin Kelly, Jimmy and Paul coming on now for the excellent Monday night session. Stay tuned for that. And I'll speak to you all hopefully next week. We'll see what the bike called. We're trying to figure out a wee show to, to review uh, Derry and Donegal. Um. Oh. Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9 pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen, and there's free admission entertainment every weekend.